Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial AgCast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. On today's episode, I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and joining me today is Artie Schrader, president of Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company, and Howard Halderman, president and CEO of Halderman Real Estate and Farm Management. Uh, before we get into today's topic, I want to remind all the listeners you can find the podcast on the Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu slash commercial ag or any of your major podcast providers. Uh, On today's episode, we will be following up from the 2023 Top Farmer Conference, um, and there was at that conference, there was a session on the farmland markets. Uh, So, R.D., I will start with you. Um, You know, the session earlier today, we talked a lot about the farmland markets. So what what are the, the big points you have for what's in store for the farmland markets here in 2023? Yeah, well, let's talk about 2022 for just a second and then look at 2023, but just coming off incredible uh, strength here in both 2021 and 2022 as far as appreciation. I think the farmland uh, surveys done by Purdue reflect uh, the better percent of 40% appreciation when you consider those two years. And we saw continued strength through 2022. And as we talked about earlier today, every pocket is uh, different. And so it becomes a little challenging making generalities, but, uh, you know, evidence of farmland values above 19,000 an acre in Indiana on multiple occasions for pure farmland not not being purchased for transition purposes. So a lot of strength as interest rates uh, rose towards the end of the year here might have impacted the fluidity a little, impacted some buyers, but, but still those extreme highs seem to be hanging in there. So as we go into 2023, Um, You know, Howard and I both talked a lot today about um, just uh, the liquidity in the market out there and and the incomes are the driving force of of what's driving farmland values today. And and with prices you can lock into for 2023, expect values to uh, farmland values to uh, remain strong. Wouldn't expect the kind of appreciation that we've seen over the last couple years. And there'll be a bit of a wrestling match going on between what we see uh, happening with interest rates and and lands historical being a, a hedge against inflation. So you've got inflation tending to pull it up, uh, historically at least, and interest rates uh, today creating a little more of a negative impact than what we've seen in the past. So it'll be interesting to watch that wrestling match unfold as we get into 2023, but uh, I think values will tend to remain strong. So Howard, I'll, I'll push it over to you now. What do you think is kind of in store for the farmland markets? I think RD summarized it well. We, we've seen a tremendous amount of appreciation And I think a lot of our appraisal staff and some of our sales staff would say, maybe the third quarter, we saw sales generally of any kind of quality of farmland sell at top of the market. The fourth quarter, we started to see more volatility. When I say volatility, Brady, I mean that we still had some records 
type of sales, big numbers, but you also had some sales where you just scratched your head afterward and said, gosh, that seemed a little bit on the cheap side from what we expected. Not necessarily versus historical pricing, but we kind of thought maybe that farm would bring a little bit more money. And I think as we go into 2023, I'm I'm in agreement with RD that we're going to continue to see the farmland market stay very strong. In some cases, we'll continue to see records set in various locations, but there will continue to be a little more volatility where, and I've historically called these hassle farms. So if you've got that that 80 acres in five fields where you've got some smaller patches, they're harder to farm with today's equipment, and maybe the area from a location standpoint isn't historically strong, there might be some sales of that kind of farm that is are discounted uh, versus where other farms in better areas or easier to farm farms uh, bring more money. And I, I think there'll be more disparity between the the top and the bottom, uh, and a little more volatility. That's what I mean by volatility in that. But uh, I want people to walk away from here thinking, yeah, Howard Howard thinks the market's probably going to go up another 5% this year, which honestly is kind of the historical appreciation rate in farmland, uh, if I was going to predict, because we are looking at the potential for decent incomes again. Yes, interest rates are up, but they're not from a historical standpoint, they're not super high in the, you, know, you go back to the 1980s, for example. And so as a result, I, I think we're still in a strong market, but maybe not as, as fast paced as what it was. So Howard, you mentioned the interest rates and RD mentioned that too. So uh, let me pitch this question to you guys. Uh, and Howard, I'll start with you this time. You know, so interest rates are on the rise. We know it. You, you make the comment that, you know, historically, we're not high historically. If you look back, you know, 20, 30 years, maybe certainly the past eight, 10 years, we're, we're at the highest we, we've seen um, in certain areas of, you know, the agricultural sector. But is there, uh, you know, what do you think the interest rates will impact the farmland markets, you know, obviously downward pressure. Uh, is there a certain interest rate where if it gets to, say, 9% that you think will start seeing uh, major impacts and, and it could put, you know, declining and we could see some declining uh, farmland markets, or is that completely out of the question? Well, I'll start by saying I think farmland values are impacted by three major factors. One, and the most heavily weighted, would be farm incomes. And so uh, farmland values go as farm incomes do. Second is supply of farms for sale. So what's the volume of farms on the marketplace? And then third is interest rates. And when we think about those, those were largely bullish factors in the last two years. Now, we saw an increase in supply a little bit in the fourth quarter last fall, uh, along with the rising interest rates, but farm incomes more than offset either one of those factors being a little bit bearish. So I think, Brady, to answer your question, I don't know that it's a certain interest rate that causes the market to tip down. We could probably survive with 9% interest in your example, as long as farm incomes stay high enough and we don't have a flood of farms coming onto the market from a supply standpoint. So it really is those three things working in concert with each other. What we've lost is from 2015, really 2015 through 2021, we were in a low interest rate environment, which was bullish. We had a very low supply of farms for sale, which was nice because our farm incomes were not that strong. I think the 15 to 20% decline we saw in land values during that time period might have been more 
had we had additional supply come on the market during then, but we didn't. And so as a result, uh, it really is those three factors working in concert with each other. So when we think about interest rates, yes, they aren't historically high today. Nine is certainly a bigger problem than six is. Uh, so it's going to have more of a negative impact. But really, I, I would also want to know, well, are a lot of farms coming on the market and where are farm incomes? So tell me it's going to be $4 corn and 9% interest, then I'll tell you the land market's going down. Yeah. Um, so it really is not just in a vacuum. Artie, I'll, I'll ask the same of you. What do you think about the interest rates? Is there a, a level that you're going to start to get worried at, or do you think there will be pretty minimal impact here over the next year? Howard summarized it well. It's a trade-off between uh, the liquidity out there, the amount of cash out there that's going into farmland uh, in concert with the interest rates, and, and the supply side, as Howard mentioned. Um, the prices that we've seen over the last couple of years, most people, if they were thinking about selling, they probably sold to capitalize on those kind of values. So I would expect as we go forward, maybe not to see as much value, and and that will um, create a little more pressure upward on values to offset what's going on with interest rates. And so I, I do believe with interest rates at this level, it starts chiseling away at what we see with the amount of cash out there, okay? Now, what these incomes look like through 2023, 2024, and how that trade-off between income and interest rate, what that really looks like, it, it, it's hard to say without weighing the income side. Now, obviously, producers can lock into some awfully attractive corn and bean prices today. And while inputs are up, there's certainly considerable margin out there to keep adding cash to this market. And so that trade-off is hard to say. Interest rates are critical. Uh, and, and the more they go up, the more it concerns me. But as we look today, uh, you know, the projections over the next three, four, five years makes it look like interest rates ought to level down and hopefully start going or level out and hopefully start going back down. But things change and there's no guarantees of that. Yeah, that's dependent on a lot of factors, namely where inflation is going and where the general economy and, and the labor market is going as well. Uh, so you guys got questioned a lot in your panel about institutional buyers in the farmland markets. And this has been a hot topic, I think. You know, anytime I, I've been to an extension talk that is, is about farmland, I, I think I've heard a question or seen some discussion around this. So, Artie, I'll start with you on this one. Um, how, in your opinion, how is institutional buyers, are they impacting the farmland market currently? And, and where do we uh, see institutional buyers, uh, uh, you know, as we think about the new environment we're going into? Uh, the stock market is changing. We've talked a lot about capitalization rates uh, here today. Um, do, do you think their impact will be changing or increasing in the farmland markets here over the next foreseeable future? Yeah, well, make no mistake, when incomes are going up, it tends to be the operators that are pushing land values up. And so what we're seeing today is a, a result for the most part of larger incomes for the operators. Now, as I mentioned earlier today, um, what we went through with the financial meltdown uh, in 2008 and when the U.S. economy really came to a standstill, uh, agriculture took off there 11, 12, 13, and all of a sudden, agriculture caught the view of a lot of investors at all levels, including institutional investors, and not that they weren't already institutional investors in the market, but it, it just became a good way to diversify. And so um, that 
investor, institutional investor interest certainly uh, has an impact on farmland values, but I would argue more that it has more of an impact as far as when the market starts going down, they see the opportunity to get in because they are much more return oriented and they're focused on those returns. Howard talked today earlier about um, if it's an emotional purchase, it tends to be more of a neighbor making that emotional purchase, and that's driving the values rather than an institutional investor. So um, they make a difference in the marketplace in general, but what we're seeing with these climbing values is, is not, uh, in my opinion, a um, result in a large way of what the institutional investors are doing. So Howard, I'll ask the same of you. Uh, you know, how are institutional buyers impacting the market? The institutional buyer has a, an, a return that they have sold to their uh, participants in their plan, be it a pension plan, be it an endowment, uh, or being even a high net worth individual. They've got a certain income goal that they wish to achieve. And what we've seen, as RD said, the, the market has appreciated to the point where the cap rate is below that in most instances for institutional investors. So for the last 18 months, not a lot of institutional money has come into the farmland marketplace unless it was a sale leaseback or kind of a one-off private transaction where a, a landowner wanted to achieve a certain goal and was willing to take a lower price than maybe what fair market would be for, for that reason. So. I think the RD said this morning that institutional investors really provide a nice floor. And that's one of the things that I think is a key element for people to remember, that if farmland values start to erode, erode a little bit, farmland is now considered an institutional investment class. And so there are, are groups out there that will buy farmland at a certain return. Well. Farmland values go up, income say similar, that return comes back into play, and those institutional investors may come back into the market and provide that nice floor uh, where the local farmer is now a little more on the sidelines and the institutional investor uh, is more supportive of land values. So I, I do, I think they provide that floor. Um, many instances, we might sell a, a property at an auction and you'll have two or three parcels that go to adjoining landowners who are passionate about having that piece next to them. And that other piece ends up selling to an institutional investor, and the locals kind of stayed away from it for whatever reason, but the institutional investor saw value there. And that's really where they fit in, and they provide a nice floor in that overall sale result. So that is wraps up our conversation today over the what we expect is in store for the farmland market here in 2023. Uh, I just want to remind all the listeners, for more farm management news and economic information, visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. You can also find us on Twitter uh, with the handle of at PU Commercial Ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture here at Purdue University, I am Brady Brewer, and we thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.